Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. Um, This is podcast number 178, and I'm calling it Decluttering for Home Remodeling. I'm just going to say it though. Um, I'm calling it that, but it's mostly because I don't, here's the thing. I don't consider what I'm doing to be remodeling, but then I'll mention it and somebody is like, that's totally remodeling. And I'm like, you know what? I think of remodeling as knocking down walls and ripping out um, cabinets. But anyway, um, it's what I got. It's the word I could think of. Anyway, what we are doing is um, getting uh, the ceilings scraped in all of our rooms, which is a huge um, pain in the hiney. Um, Kids don't say hiney, okay, unless your mom says it's okay, but just check with her. Anyway, it's a real uh, pain to do that. We did not do it ourselves, um, And I'll talk later about kind of how I decided uh, that we were ready to do that and that we cared enough to do it because I hadn't cared enough to do it in the past Um, and uh, why we had somebody do it instead of doing it ourselves, (laughs) which mostly because I didn't want to do it myself and it never would have happened. But anyway, I'll get into that. Um, Then we also um, are having painting done. Did I say that? And uh, new flooring in everywhere except the bathrooms in the kitchen, which had tile because I'm okay with those tiles. Um, but we got new carpet in the bedrooms and we're getting, um, new wood floors in not real wood, but anyway, new wood floors in the, um, main areas, like the living areas of the house. So that's what we're doing. Um, and so, you know, we're not like ripping out the kitchen and living out of a temporary kitchen for months. Did y'all know I have seen some different people online and I'm sorry that I can't remember who it is, but I'll, if anybody knows, um, make a comment, but like, I was just looking cause I, I, I know a lot of bloggers who, I mean, what they do is redo their house. I mean, they just do it all the time and it's amazing and impressive and completely compressive, impressive and completely stresses me out. Oh, it's impressive and completely that I got mixed up. Anyway, it stresses me out. The thought of it, I mean, give makes me hyperventilate. And I think what I've learned from this is this process is very stressful for everyone. Anybody who goes through it, it's stressful for them. There are people who like it more than others. But when you have clutter issues, um, even clutter issues that are pretty much solved, but you just still feel like the person who could never get everything out of a room. I don't know. There's got to be some psychological analysis here I could do. I don't have time for psychological analysis right now because I'm trying to move everything around in my house over and over. It's horrible. I hate it. Anyway, whatever. Um, But yeah, so that's what we're doing. And so that's what I'm going to talk about. uh, Just kind of the overall, um, some things that I'm trying to do. I'm not saying that it's the very best thing in the world, but these are some things I'm trying to do based upon the decluttering strategies that I've developed over the years and just my overall, um, you know, things I've learned and things I've learned the hard way that then I'm applying to uh, this whole process for us. Um, 
but I'm sure I'm going to talk a lot more in depth in the future, um, just on some, some actual like major points, things that I've learned from this process, but this is just going to kind of be an overall general view, um, overview of, um, decluttering for home remodeling, because when you're forced to move every single item in your house, um, which is the thing that would make me panic and made us not re get new carpet that and the money, but whatever, um, you know, for years when we should have, I mean, it was ridiculous. It needed to go. Um, but that whole, you have to move every single thing out of a space. You have to touch every single thing in your house. Um, it's completely overwhelming. So anyway, I'm going to talk about that. Um, okay. So what are we having done? Well, I mentioned that we had, uh, we're having our ceiling scraped. Now, just a little background. I first started this process in, I think it was January of 2017. Right. It's August, almost September. Oh my goodness. It's going to be September in like two days. Um, it's like almost September of 2018. And I started this process. So what in the world, why is this taking so long? It hasn't taken that long. I, I mean, come on, you know, all we're doing is floors and paint, but, um, we got the estimate. Um, I had ideas in my head of what it is that I wanted done. And, um, you know, got the listing, had him itemize it just so I could go, you know what, that does not matter enough to me to pay this much money. But it also made me go, oh, that's all it's going to cost for me to have a room painted. Well, yeah, I'm going to have more rooms than that painted. You know, so it's kind of, that's how things have gone. But basically what happened was we had started in the, on the process. We had done, um, some things, my brain is not letting me remember exactly what we had already had done, but, um, we'd done a few things. Um, and one of those was scraping the ceiling in the kitchen. Did I ever tell y'all about when my kid almost burned the house down a couple summers ago? Anyway, that's another story for another time. Kids do whatever your mom tells you in the kitchen because it can be really scary. Anyway, so he had scraped the ceiling in the kitchen, which we have popcorn ceilings, you know, to get the ashes off. Anyway, and that was one of the first things that he did. And I was like, okay, that was not as traumatic as I thought it was going to be. Um, and then in, oh, so the reason why it's taken for long, whoo, this is going to be a scattered one. Sorry, y'all. Um, but you want a new podcast and here you go. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the reason that it's taken so long is I basically had started in on the process and then in, uh, March, I, which obviously it was taking us some time anyway, I hadn't picked my floors. I hadn't picked my wall color, you know, so I was just taking too long on stuff. Um, but in March is when I was given the news that I was going to be, um, writing a book in nine weeks, my second book. And so I basically just, you know, halted everything in my entire life. And then after that, you know, we went to Israel in the summer and then we went to, and then my father-in-law passed away. We moved my mother-in-law to where we are. I mean, it, it just was a crazy year. And so the last thing on my mind was having my house torn up. I mean, I just was like, hold on. Anyway, so I would say a couple months ago was when I finally kind of took a breath, probably after my book tour, I took a breath and just said, okay, all right, here we go. I am, um, 
I'm ready. I'm ready to get this stuff done. You know, so it, it was just kind of a big old long pause on that. That's why it's taken so long. But when I was on my book tour, I went to, um, I spoke at a conference in North Carolina, um, the Becoming Conference, which I absolutely loved. Um, oh my word. It was so much, it's probably one of the most favorite things I've ever done, done. like been to, spoke at anything, whatever. I just loved it. Um, but one of the other speakers, um, I went to her session and I was a little scared to go to her session. Her name is Pretty Handy Girl. Let me look real quick. Okay. I put this on my notes. I actually have notes, y'all. I know you would never know it, but I think it's Pretty Handy Girl. Um, com. And she is a licensed contractor. She started doing stuff in her own home. Okay, I really thought I wrote that down. Anyway, I'm pretty sure it's a pretty handy girl, but, um, she is a licensed contractor. She started doing stuff in her own home. And as she did that, she, um, like gained confidence and gained momentum. And eventually somebody was like, you should be your own contractor. So she went and did that. And now she, I mean, she was super inspiring. I mean, like super practical, just loved the way she was. She was like, y'all can do all this. You can totally, no, I came home and hired someone to do it. But one of the things that she said, I think her session was on ways to, um, up the value of your home, you know, just simple little ways to up the value of your home. And one of the things that she mentioned was, um, scraping off popcorn ceilings. And she said it in a way like, duh, you're stupid to not do this. You know, which I had honestly been the person who was like, do they really bother me that much? Do I really look at the ceiling? You know, I mean, it, it's funny because you see on some of those shows, people are like, oh, popcorn ceilings. And I was like, ah, oh, they don't bother me that much. Not enough to go through the hassle or whatever. Um, but I had seen what he had done and I kind of liked the difference in the ceiling. Like, wow, you know, when he scraped off the um, burnt ceiling that we had in our ceiling in there. Um, but... I had seen a difference, but I was still like, I don't know. Do I really want to get all our ceilings done or not? And one of the things she talked about was that with popcorn ceilings, the thing that people don't realize is how much light they suck away. I mean, I don't know what the scientific term is, but popcorn ceilings cause a room to be blah, blah percentage darker because of the way that they catch the light and it like creates a bajillion teeny tiny shadows on the ceiling and that causes a room to be you know whatever amount darker and um when she said that I went oh I never thought of that before that's never occurred to me ever um so yeah that had never occurred to me before that there would be that kind of you know an impact on um the, how dark a room was. And, and to be honest, you know, you guys have seen, uh, well, those of you who read the blog too, you've seen my, my living room, right? I mean, you've seen my living room on the blog and, um, it was dark and that, that was one of the major issues. There's no, um, there's no windows in it except for on one side. And we have actually, did I tell y'all we tore down our playroom, which was actually just an enclosed porch anyway. And that helped with the light, but it's still just a naturally dark room because it only has windows in that one spot. And there's, it, you know, it, it's just dark. And, 
Um, so that had been an issue. And so when, when she said that, I thought, okay, maybe that's worth it to me. So I decided that was something we were going to do. Um, another thing that we did and so my mom listens to my podcast now. Hi mom. Um, and I know, I knew how she would feel about this and I saw it all over her face when she saw it. And, um, I didn't tell her what I was doing. Sorry, mom. Um, because I was just like, nope, I had made this decision. I had gone back and forth for the 12 years that we've lived in this house. I had gone back and forth on my wood paneling in my living room. I am not a decorator. This is not a decorating podcast. I'm just going to go through my thought processes on why I decided to paint my paneling. Um, I like the wood. I like the wood paneling, honestly. I mean, it, it, it was, it was fine, but when I was, um, newly married, did not even have, you know, didn't have kids or anything yet. Um, we went over to somebody's house and their house was beautifully decorated and they had the wood paneling and I was telling her, oh, your house is so pretty. I mean, and, and I had the panel. If you haven't seen it, it's like the picture frame paneling. So it's not the old cheap paneling. It's like, it was pretty. I mean, it really was. Um, anyway, so I was talking to this um, person whose house we were at, and I was just complimenting how beautifully decorated her home was. It was just very pulled together and nice. And she said something that just stuck with me. She said, you know, for the first couple years that we lived here or however long, I tried to decorate in colors that I like, and it just never looked good. And then I finally went, I am going to have to decorate in colors that match this paneling because that's just the reality of it. The paneling is what it is, and only certain colors are going to look good with it. And so she had decorated in like, I don't know peaches and oranges or whatever. It's been 20 years. So I can't remember 18 years, something like that. Um, but I looked at it and I was like, and it was beautiful. And I, I tried to take that to heart. Okay. Here, when we moved into a house with the paneling, I was like, okay, yes, I'm going to have to just embrace the paneling. I struggle with decorating enough anyway, that having to decorate in colors that I don't love meant I just didn't decorate and it just paralyzed me. And for years, I mean, we're talking 12 years, you guys, for years, I would tell myself, I just need to decorate it like an English library. You know, I mean, like, cause I go into the old houses with the beautiful paneling and I'm like, this is so pretty. And they have it decorated like, you know, an English library. And that would totally work, except that I never did. You know, I am much more of a, oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. And I would like things, get them home, and they looked horrible in my living room because of, you know, their color versus the color of the paneling. And my mom said um, when she saw it, and I could tell on her face, she never said anything, but I could tell on her face she didn't like it, that I painted it, um, which I knew she wouldn't, which is why I didn't tell her. Sorry, mom. Um, but, you know, her thing was, you didn't like the red. And I'm like, red was the one color that I was okay with that matched, that went okay with this paneling. I was tired of red. I was tired of, red's not my favorite color. It's fine, it's great, but it was not my favorite color. And I just was tired of that. And I was, so we painted it. 
because I just went, I have to, I have to do this. I have to stop. You know, I have to move past this. I need something neutral so I can just pick the colors that I love and do stuff with that. And I'm just going to tell you guys, I was so worried that I would have regrets. The guy painted it while we were, our whole family went to camp. I think I mentioned that last week. My kids were all at youth camp. So my husband and I went as sponsors. We were all gone for the week, um, came back, and I was so nervous that I wouldn't love it. Y'all, I love it so much. I can hardly stand it. I love it. I love the look of it. I love the picture frame paneling architectural aspects. I don't know if that's what that is or not. Anyway, with paint over it, I love it so much. I can hardly stand it. Um, oh, I should tell you guys how I picked my paint color. <laughs> like I said, this is not a decorating podcast. Those of you who are decorators, I uh, surely you've been horrified by something in my podcasts in the past, right? Okay. Anyway, so here you go. Here's another thing to horrify you. Um, so par paralysis, decorating paralysis is my biggest problem. It is the biggest problem that I face in decorating. I don't trust myself. I have so many times picked out a color and then absolutely hated it. I mean, like, didn't I show you guys on the blog at one point, I had painted my back bathroom in this blue color that was hideous and I didn't have enough paint and I never went to the store to get more because I kept telling myself, this is horrible. I hate it. I am going to have to repaint this anyway. Why would I finish painting it? And then six or seven years went by before I actually painted it a different color that I love. Anyway, I don't trust myself on paint colors. I don't trust myself on all that kind of stuff. So here's what I did. So Carianne Wood, who is a blogger at Thistlewood Farms, and she was also at the Becoming Conference, which also was very impactful for me. Um, anyway, she spoke, and I'm going to do a Carianne accent. I hope that's okay. Anyway, so she was standing up there and I was in one of her sessions and she, I mean, her stuff is amazing. Just go to her blog. You want to look and just go, ha, oh, what beautiful home, what beautiful decorating, blah, blah, blah. She's the person. Anyway, so she's standing up there and she goes, I love the color Sherwin-Williams sandbar. I paint everything in sandbar in my whole house. And I was like, sandbar, sounds good. Y'all my paint guy had said, okay, well, if you can order something from Sherwin-Williams, that's where I get my discount, blah, blah, blah. Um, I did not know what sandbar looked like other than seeing the pictures that Karianne had showed. I just said, sandbar, paint everything in sandbar. <laughs> can you believe that? And then she said, whatever she used for her um, trim, I was like, and the trim is this. Okay. Y'all, I had never even seen it until I walked home and saw my living room walked home. I didn't walk home from camp, walked from the car into my house from camp. Um, I love it. Y'all. I love it. It's the best decision that I made was to not stress over it and just go, okay. Yeah. Anyway. So she said sandbar. I did sandbar. If she comes out and says that she hates sandbar now and changes it, I'm going to be like, you know what? It's better for me to be, um, six months out of date than, um, 12 years out of date on my home. So I'm good with that. Anyway. Um, what else? Oh, and then I chose my carpet by the fact that I wanted it installed before school started. And so I went to different places and my question was, I want it installed on this day, by this day. And most of the places were like, oh, well, 
you know, we can come out on this day and measure and then we can come. It'll be seven to 10 days after that and blah, blah, blah. And this um, little local store that it was lovely. They were amazing. And it's a gorgeous place. Anyway, I just thought it was going to be too expensive. But I said, I don't have a huge budget. And my main issue is I want it installed um, before school starts hopefully on this day. So I can have three days to get things, you know, put back together in my kids' rooms. Cause I did not want my kids having to sleep on the sofas anymore and not have their dressers in their rooms, um, for their clothes. I wanted them to actually be settled in their rooms before school started. You know, the mama bear in me is coming out anyway. Um, and he was like, okay, how about this? This is the stuff that lots and lots of people have in their home. Like it's a super common, um, carpet color. And uh, we keep it in stock because we sell so much of it. This is the apartment version. This is the people who own their homes version. And it's, I think it was like, it was not that expensive. Anyway, not as expensive as I thought. I don't know carpets because I didn't shop around very much. But anyway, basically he said, um, yes, I could get this installed on Monday. And I said, looks great to me. And y'all, I love it. I really feel like both the paint color and the carpet color um, for me personally, this is all how I operate. I feel like they're the things I would have chosen if I had actually felt confident enough to go through the process of choosing these colors. Um, but I didn't do that. I just kind of went with, oh, this is the color carpet that everybody has in the whole world. Great. I'll take it. Must be good. Um, and you know, we love it. I love it. Like I, I couldn't love it anymore. It's the greatest anyway. So I guess my point there is sometimes, oh yeah, it is pretty handy girl. I just saw it. Um, I guess my point there is just that I needed to do it in a way that would actually make me take action. Um, it is not the best way, but I needed to take action and I needed to break through my paralysis. And it's not like I chose crazy colors. I chose super duper neutral, neutral colors, but my house looks a thousand years newer. Not really, but a lot newer. I mean, my house looks so much fresher and cleaner and nicer. Um, I just love it. I could just, oh, I love it so much. Anyway, okay. Um, how, how long have I been going? Let's talk about our first sponsor for today. Um, our first sponsor for today is True Botanicals. True Botanicals believes you shouldn't have to choose between skincare that's safe and skincare that's effective. You deserve both. With the help of leading researchers from top universities, True Botanicals bottles the highest quality natural ingredients, creating luxurious formulas that are as potent as they are pure. Third-party clinical trials verify their product's efficacy. Their Renew Collection for Aging Skin outperformed Creme de la Mer, Creme de la Mer and their uh, Clear Collection for Acne outperformed Proactive Plus, proof that non-toxic skincare can not only be as effective as conventional skincare, but it can be better. And True Botanicals is the first skincare company to have its entire line certified safe for people and the planet by the nonprofit Made Safe, America's first non-toxic seal. Go to truebotanicals.com now to get free samples and receive $20 off orders of $40 or more off your purchase with the code CLEAN. That's all caps, C-L-E-A-N. That's truebotanicals.com for free samples and to receive $20 off orders of $40 or more on your first purchase with the code CLEAN. Okay, um, let's see. 
other things that we're doing while we are doing all this. Okay, so I mentioned the flooring. Um, just just for reference, the floors, the wood floors had to go. Um, it really was not a um, aesthetic preference necessarily. I'm excited to have a different style of floors, but um, we had had a flood. Our washing machine had flooded. I didn't even know it had happened. I was just like, wait, why is my floor all warped? This happened a couple of years ago. And so, um, you know, if insurance gives you money for that kind of stuff, legally, you have to have them fixed. So we've been waiting and now we're doing all that at the same time. We're having um, the new floors put in because we have to. Um, anyway, but, uh, but yeah, so that, you know, that's been something that's gone on a long time. That was something that I don't know if we would have been motivated to do that, but I'm glad for that motivation to get that done. Um, okay. So what is it that, um, I, you know, I mentioned last week how my husband and I, in the midst of the frustration over having to move everything, do look at each other and go, can you imagine if we had tried to do this before? Um, I'm going to talk real quick about something that I know certain people get their undies in a wad over. Please don't. Just know I'm just talking. It's my podcast. Hoarding. Um, I... How do I say this? I'm not a hoarder. I have never been officially a hoarder, but I have often in the past, before I started this whole decluttering process, back when there were many times where I would feel like I was teetering on hoarding. Like I would have a room that was knee deep and I would, you know, I would tackle it and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things as I decluttered in my, oh, this whole deslopification process, I would realize, okay, I'm, this is often very physical work. And I thought, you know, what if it was at its worst and then I became physically disabled. What then? Would that be the point that it shifted into full-on hoarding? I, I don't know. I know. I know it's a sickness. I know all that kind of stuff. That's where people get all, all worked up. But I'm just saying, when I would watch hoarders, yes, I would be horrified. But I would also go, I get it. I can see that. Okay, I've I've recommended the book Coming Clean before. Uh, it's a written by a daughter of of hoarders, and it's her memoir. It is amazing, fascinating, so well written. I really enjoyed it, but I understood it too much. I don't read stuff like that and go, "Oh, I'm a voyeur looking in, going, oh, how could someone be like that?" No, I'm like, yeah, I can see that thought process. So. I'm just saying, one of the things that I know uh, personally, um, a, a dear friend whose who's mother uh, was a hoarder, one of the things that happened was, um, uh, you know, it was already a huge mess and then water pipes broke and it flooded and it was too much to deal with. And so... They never had someone come in and fix the water pipes because 
there was just too much stuff. And so, you know, things like the, the laundry, you know, I had already come a long way. I mean, and I don't, I think I still would have been okay to do this. I mean, I still, even at my worst, I could have gotten new flooring. It just would have been so overwhelming that I kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. Okay. But I'm just saying when you, it's worth it to go ahead and declutter for the sake of all the reasons that we talk about on the podcast all the time, the being able to live in your house more easily, being able to function, find the things that I need to find, um, being able to have people in my home more often. But all of those things, when it comes to this point where I ha forced decluttering, you know, I have a chapter in my book, Decluttering at the Speed of Life on forced decluttering, you know, like moving or cleaning out a house after someone passes away or whatever, you know, this is a situation of forced decluttering. Um, when you get into that situation of forced decluttering, all of the decluttering that you've done over the years makes you go, Oh my goodness, that was worth it. Cause sometimes in the midst of you declutter, you start to get used to a space, not being completely crazy. And then you kind of forget the, um, how exciting it was to finally have this space be usable again. And you get used to using it and stuff. And this has just made me so grateful for all of the little bits and consistent and ongoing decluttering that I have done over the years. It's made both my, both my husband and I very thankful for that. Um, okay, so what is it we're doing? Well, we're, like I said, with flooring, you have to move everything out of a space. So stuff moving is required, but my main goal has to has been to not stuff shift. I know. Um, it's a little nuance difference in the word kind of thing that I'm saying, but I, I'm just saying the difference between moving all my stuff from one space into another versus shifting all my stuff. When I say stuff shifting, that's a word that I that's a phrase I have made up um to describe how I used to declutter. I used to say I was decluttering and really I was just pulling everything out of one space and going and shoving it in another space in my home. The stuff was not actually leaving my house. Clutter was not leaving my house, which meant I was not actually decluttering. I was just shifting it from one place to another, which then made me frustrated with the other space and made me feel like every time I made a little bit of progress, I turned around and that progress wasn't there anymore. And it just, you know, stuff shifting is not a good thing. It's not decluttering and it hurts the whole decluttering process. So instead of stuff shifting, my goal has been, yes, even though I'm moving something, I, every item that I pick up in my hand, if it's a duh, if it's trash, if it's easy, I am going to go ahead and deal with it. So that means every time I'm moving stuff from one room to another, I have my decluttering supplies. My decluttering supplies are a black trash bag, a donatable donate box, and my feet. Okay. Now I am not saying that I went through the entire decluttering process in every space that I was going in. I didn't ask myself the questions necessarily, unless it was something that I went and I could answer my two decluttering questions super fast and easy. But those first three steps that are just identifying trash. So go ahead and put it in the trash bag instead of which this sounds crazy, but it's totally what I would have done. And what I have done in the past, which is move that trash from one space to another, because I've got to get all this stuff out of here. But it's like, okay, if I'm going to pick up this piece of trash anyway, 
you know, trash being something that's broken, something that, oh my word, what? That's not even donatable. Yeah. Any, anything that I, as I pick it up, instead of picking it up to move it to another room, I'm going to pick it up and put it in the trash bag. If I pick something up and it's a, duh, why do I even have this? I just go ahead and stick that in the donatable donate box because the donatable donate box is right there. Okay. So all an easy stuff, meaning as I pick something up that was out of place, Okay, it has an established home somewhere else in my house. As I pick it up from, let's say, the master bedroom, and I pick it up and I go, this is easy. This is supposed to be in the garage or whatever. Instead of just moving it into whatever space, you know, piling it in the bathroom because I'm trying to get everything out of um, the master bedroom. Instead of doing that, I go ahead and I take it to that established home already to avoid the whole I, I just kept telling myself, I don't want to move this any, I don't want to touch this item any more times than I absolutely have to. Like I'm going to, my goal is to minimize how many times I have to touch this item. And so I'm going ahead and following my decluttering process. Um, not the whole thing, not the two decluttering questions, unless it was easy, but um, you know, going ahead and doing that. So everything I moved, that meant that we have decluttered a ton of stuff just in the midst of this process. We, it has been very, um, I mean, we've taken load after load after load to, um, to the donation place. Another thing is we have emptied out existing donate spots. Okay. Like, cause you know, sometimes my garage will get, my donate spot will get a little bit or a lot bit huge, you know, where I've been decluttering and putting stuff in the donate spot, but then the actual load up the suburban and take it to the donation place hasn't actually happened. This has forced that to happen because we need that space for the stuff moving, not stuff shifting, but stuff moving, you know, to, to put our, our garage today, supposedly the living room is getting the new wood floors in today. Um, but our garage today has all of our living room or most of our living room furniture in it. Um, and so we needed that space, opened up space. So it's like, if this stuff is donations, it's already been, I've already made the decisions on it. It's going to go. Okay. Does that make sense? So I'm going to go ahead and get it out of here. So that's forced that. Um, so every item that gets touched, touched, um, gets, you know, an analysis. Um, okay. Focus on big stuff. That's another thing too, is, um, anything it's hard to get rid of big stuff. Because it's just physically hard. Well, this is like, well, we have to move everything anyway. We are already in this physical mode of lots of work in our house. So I have just been like, what is big that I don't actually need and I can get out of here? So things I've gotten rid of are an end table that I absolutely hated that I've been meaning to replace. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to live without an end table until I find one that I like, because I want this thing out of here. It'll be easier to move stuff around for what we're doing. If I just go ahead and get it out of here. Um, I have a bunch of other stuff that I can't think of right now, but quite a few big things. One big thing. Oh my goodness. A yoga ball, those big, huge balls that, um, I don't even, I don't know. I was going to, it was going to change my life. It didn't. Um, those things are dangerous. Oh my word. Like I had it next to my bed and got up in the middle of the night and like I could have died. I mean, for real, like I, cause you don't just trip, you trip and then you like roll and bounce all at the same time. So who even knows where you're going to fall? It was very scary. Um, but yeah, it was time for it to go. So it had kind of been shoved over in a corner to hopefully make it less dangerous. And I finally just went, that is a big old chunk of space. Cause that thing is like three feet by three feet or something. I don't know. I don't do distances, but our measurements, um, 
but it was big. And I was like, getting that out opened up a three foot by three foot space in my house. Imagine that. Okay. So, um, let's see. Okay. Let's talk about our second sponsor. Uh, this one's fun. Eyeglasses are expensive y'all, but when you need them, you need them along with the expense. My husband stresses out over picking out a new pair of glasses. We're talking like asking random people walking by to stop and give their opinion on multiple pairs. And that's, um, awkward. So we were excited to try out Warby Parker for his new pair of glasses that he needed. Warby Parker has a free home try-on program. We went to the site and answered some questions about styles that he likes and his face shape and all that, and they made suggestions. We ordered five pairs of try-on glasses, which they sent to us with free shipping. He got to try them on for five days. There's no obligation to buy. The package included a prepaid return shipping label. Other things you need to know about Warby Parker. Glasses start at $95, including the prescription lenses. Lenses include anti-glare and anti-scratch coatings. For every pair you buy, a pair is distributed to someone in need. Go to warbyparker.com clean to order your free home try-ons today. That's warby, W-A-R-B-Y, parker.com slash clean to order your future free home try-ons today. After you go to warbyparker.com slash clean and place your home try-on order, make sure to download the Warby Parker app from the iTunes app store. They built this awesome home try-on companion feature, which allows you to quickly take photos wearing each of the frames, stitch it into a video and share it with family and friends to help you pick a winner. My husband and I, had a lot of fun with that, and I will share it today on Instagram so you can vote on your favorite look and help us make that decision, right? Okay, um, so that again, that's warbyparker.com slash clean, and of course, both of these sponsors' um, information will be in the show notes for this podcast. Okay, so um, let's talk about putting things back into place. Like I said, I've got so much to say on this subject. I'll go for a little bit longer. We'll see how this goes. Oh, I'm going long today. Um, putting things back into place. Um, life dictates a lot of this, uh, but I have been digging my heels in and trying so hard to take my time putting stuff back in. So like I am not shoving. It's my goal to not shove anything back into a space where it was before. So I am, you know, it, it got stuff, stuff moved, not stuff shifted, um, into another space. So like the stuff from my daughter's room went into the garage and, um, it all got put out there. And, uh, then when she got moved back into her room, you know, she had her bed and she had her dresser and that's it. Cause I was like, okay, what's the bare minimum that you can need? And then eventually, then I guess it was last Saturday. We, um, she and I worked on, we would get a box full of stuff. We would bring it in and we would be like, okay, every single thing that comes out of here, where would you look for it first? Put it there. Um, would you even remember that you had this, you know, so we had our donate box, we had our, um, black trash bag. And we just went through every item by item as it went back in and just tried to take it slow and not rush. And that has helped my boy's room, my daughter's room. I, they are loving them. I mean, they are 
I mean, they are what I've always dreamed of, basically. Um, one of the things that that, one of the main things I've done is a lot of stuff that maybe was piled somewhere in their room was good intentions. Like, oh, this would be a neat thing to decorate with in their room. But for some reason, we'd never actually put it up. Well, I just said, instead of piling it again and then putting stuff up, I'm going to go slow enough that I actually go and find whatever, you know, nail or whatever it is that I need to put this on, um, to put this on the, the wall and I'm going to go ahead and do it. You know, I don't know how I'm going to put this on the wall. I'm going to go ahead and figure that out now. Like that's the kind of slowness and taking my time that I did. I'm like, I'm not going to just nothing. I'm not going to stick any single thing in there to deal with later or figure out later. It's like, if I'm going to bring it in there, I'm going to figure out exactly what to do with it now. And so, yes, it took a lot of time. And sometimes you don't have that amount of time, but I decided I would rather have the pile of stuff in the um, garage than have it piled in her room. Okay. So that's, that's, I'm like taking advantage of it. Y'all know, I never recommend as a decluttering strategy to pull everything out of a space. Why? Because I would rather just leave it in the garage. I mean, honestly, I, I, in my own bedroom, I loved it when we only had a mattress in here and I purposely wanted to just deny and live in denial that, um, I had to figure out what to do with the other rooms. I'm just going to pretend those don't exist. And that, that made my house where we could not have anyone come inside because, you know, all of that stuff was piled in the dining room. And, you know, so it's like, I, I don't recommend that. It does not work well for me as a decluttering strategy, but as long as I had to do it anyway, then I'm going to take advantage of that. Okay. Does that make sense? Um, and whatever you want to do, remember, anytime you get stuff out of your house, you've succeeded. So however you like to declutter is awesome. Um, so I went ahead and put things on the wall. Um, Let's see, um, putting things back into place or finding the official place for things. Um, that has been the key on that. Um, I feel like I have one more thing. Oh, here's something else too. Uh, something else that was funny to me or not funny, but exciting um, was I've told you guys before about, you know, finding storage space in my own house is tr how I try to look at it. Instead of think, you know, because the whole container concept, instead of me thinking about, oh my goodness, if I only had more space, I'd have a place to put such and such that I need. Instead, looking at it as what spaces do exist in my house that does not have a bunch of storage in it, but what storage spaces are there that I'm using for something that I never actually get out and that stuff needs to go. Instead, so, um, you know, that has been one of the ways that I've done, done things is like, okay, well, you know, kind of like I said, emptying out the donate spot instead going, I need to move all this stuff here. Let me get all, you know, I need to move everything from this room into another space. So in this space where I'm moving it, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to be ruthless and get rid of a bunch of does and, um, you know, easy get the easy stuff out of here and all that. So that motivates that kind of decluttering as well, continuing on that. Um, but here's a big win for me. Uh, you know, my whole dishes routine. I say, you know, you know, you know, if this is your first podcast, oh my word, y'all, I've talked for uh, what? 
is it getting close to a hundred hours? Anyway, I've talked for so many hours. I talk about all kinds of different things. My books are how to manage your home without losing your mind and decluttering at the speed of life, both available wherever you like to buy books in whatever format you like. Just look for Dana K. White and you'll find them. But anyway, um, one of the things that I am so proud of is um, my China cabinet. I uh, We have to move that because the dining room is getting new floors. And, you know, that's something you have to take everything out of it before you move it. I cannot move the china cabinet with the plates and all that kind of stuff in it. You know, I mean, I just had to take everything out. So I started pulling everything out and I started looking and all I had to do was consolidate my plates and bowls in my dishes cabinet. And y'all, I had room for all of my fine china and crystal, which I don't use that much, but it's something I absolutely love. I have it on display in my china cabinet, so I'm keeping it, you know, but I had room for all that kind of stuff. And I just, I mean, it almost kind of made me cry because I was like, oh my word, I've come a long way. You know, there was space for all of that stuff to go in my cabinets. And I even like, I had room for all three gravy boats. Okay. That's its own issue that I need to deal with. I know nobody needs three gravy boats. Do you? I don't know. Anyway, I love my gravy boats, but I love gravy anyway. Um, but yeah, so I was really, really proud of myself for that. Okay. I am going to finish. And like I said, y'all will be hearing about this whole process and things I'm learning for a really long time. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway, um, I am going to, oh, I want to make sure you know that I do have some speaking events coming up. Um, you can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash speaking. I don't know that it's completely updated right now because, you know, I took the summer off and things have been crazy. But um, I know for sure uh, in about two weeks, I will be at Pinners in Dallas. And I would love to meet you there. It's super fun. So I speak. I'm going to speak on three major mindset changes that will change how you declutter. And then I will speak on decluttering at the speed of life, my five-step process. Um, and just so you know, um, I know people get confused. They think pinners is for like people who professionally do Pinterest or whatever. It's not. If you love Pinterest or if you just love crafts and all that kind of stuff, they have all these classes that you go to. And you buy a ticket and you can go to these classes um, and like, if you want to, you can actually buy the kit and do the craft or whatever, make the sign or do the, whatever it is, um, there, or you hear speakers, you know, which I'm a speaker. So anyway, I would love to meet you there. Um, I also have a couple other things coming up. I think I'm going to be, I will be in, it's not Phoenix, it's Scottsdale. Right. Okay. Anyway, I'll be in Arizona, um, in November. And then I have some, oh, I'll, well, there's something else. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to tell you yet or, or whatever, but anyway, so yeah, I will be in different places. Make sure you check out aslobcomesclean.com slash speaking, and I hope to get to meet you in real life. Okay. This has been fun. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.